Hello, I'm Sarah Chapalak and this is In the News from the Irish Times, where we take a close look at the stories that matter. Today, how a children's spelling bee became a national American sport. Zaila Avantgarde, a 14-year-old teenager from New Orleans in Louisiana, made history when she became the first African-American to win the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Zaila quite literally jumped for joy and twirled through the confetti falling from above after correctly spelling the word Maria. Maria. M-U-R-R-A-Y-A. That is correct! (laughs) What's more, despite dedicating seven hours a day to preparing for the national spelling competition, Zaila's real passion is basketball, and she already holds three world records for dribbling multiple balls at once. Zaila said she hoped her win would inspire more African-American students to get involved in the National Spelling Bee. I'm hoping that in a few years, a few years, I see a whole lot more African-American females and males too are doing well in the script Spelling Bee because it's like a really good thing that kind of is a good gate opener to being interested in education. But hold on, what exactly is the National Spelling Bee? And how did a contest which sees American children and young teens dedicate their lives to learning how to spell words like querimonious and solidungulate become a national institution? Three years ago, filmmaker Sam Rega embarked on an expedition to find out what drives the success of the competition and also examined the origins of the Indian-American dominance of this spelling bee. That is until Zaila came along. Sam, many of us here in Ireland, we grew up on a diet of American TV shows, so we have some idea of what spelling bees are. But what are they like in real life? The spelling bee in real life is one of the most magical and exciting events that I've ever been to. When you're at the Scripps National Spelling Bee, you are in this massive convention hall and you are watching one person on stage in complete silence except for the announcer dr bailey and you're trying to see if they can spell one word at a time correctly can you please repeat the word and you know that there is a clock running down they're asking all of these questions may i please have the definition a state of consciousness or a feeling devoid of sensory components They're words you've never heard of, and you think as an adult, you know every word because you're an adult, and you're humbled because you clearly know zero words. Logoria. May I have a sentence, please? The patient's logoria was indicative of deep emotional problems. And it's kid after kid after kid going through these words, and when they get it wrong, your heart just drops. Drotar. D-R-A-A-T-H-A-A-R, Dratar. And you watch them and you're rooting for them constantly and it's a roller coaster of emotions and you want every single child to win. And by the time there's a winner, you are exhausted as much as they are and they're the ones that have been doing it for hours. If you spell this next word correctly, We will declare you the Scripps National Spelling Bee champion. (laughs) 
So each year, hundreds of children compete in this uniquely American contest. The competitors face a three-day obstacle course through the English language in what has been likened to an intellectual extreme sport. Their challenge is to outlast the field by coming up with the correct spelling of some of the most obscure words in the dictionary. So what does the road to the National Spelling Bee final look like for these children? It's extremely competitive, but it starts in the classroom B where you are competing against your classmates. And I remember competing and I never got beyond the classroom B. And I always remember the the one girl that won year after year. She was a friend of mine, but I never knew where she went. And I knew she went to another one. And as I've learned, as I've gotten older and and I did this documentary, that they go on then to the school spelling bee because you take all of the winners of the classroom spelling bees and they go on to be in the school spelling bee. And then that advances to the next one. There are district spelling bees, regional spelling bees. It just ends up taking the top crop from the areas. And eventually it narrows down to your regional spelling bees. And most of the regional spelling bees, they end up with... I'd say 20 to 30 kids, and that gets whittled down to one, sometimes two, and all of those end up being the finalists of the Scripps National Spelling Bee. It is a long, months-long process of just spelling bees. Now, not to mention, once you are in the bee season, as, as these families will call it, prior to that, you're studying. You, you, if you're a competitive speller, you are doing your bees, you are doing your classes, you, you are doing supplemental material. Um, but it is a months long process just to get to uh, the Scripps National Spelling Bee. And Sam, in your documentary for Netflix, Spelling the Dream, you followed a number of competitors on this road to the National Spelling Bee. What did you learn about how they prepared for it? I mean, what kind of dedication is required? The level of dedication is something that I've never experienced in my life. It is on par with playing any sport, uh, playing chess, just dedicating yourself to try to be the best that you can be at such a young age. These are children that from a very, very young age, for the most part, they are learning words. They are consuming the English language. And it's not just about how to spell the word. It's understanding the meanings. It's understanding how to use these words in sentences. I learned from the families that, that I followed in Spelling the Dream, they were working alongside their parents almost as tutors, in addition to also having tutors, uh, or they were even getting some help from their siblings. And it was day after day, a full dedication uh, to trying to be the best that they could. And this really was evident when the child said, hey, I want to try to be champion. They came to that realization themselves. And then once the family said, okay, this is something that, that my child wants to do, we will help, we will coach, we'll push them on the bad days when maybe they don't want to study anymore, but we're going to let them guide this ship. Uh, it came from them. And I think now that there have been so many years, these kids know how many hours they have to work every single day and how many words they need to learn just to be the champion. And and this is an amount of, of words that these kids are learning that you and I most likely will never see in our own lifetime. At 14, eighth grade, they can't do it anymore. So you have a limited amount of years to do the best that you can. It's, it's an insane amount of work. Tell me about the history of the spelling bee and 
I guess, how children's spelling competitions came to be such an American institution. The Scripps National Spelling Bee started in 1925, and the winner of that was Frank Neuhauser. He spelled the word gladiolus. Now, you'll never hear the word gladiolus again, because at this point, the words have gotten so much harder in that every speller, I'm sure, knows that word now. And year after year, decade after decade, it just grew. Eventually, uh, the Scripps Company, they became involved. Uh, and then in 1994, which was a really pivotal moment, ESPN decided to broadcast this, the spelling bee on television. And you can really trace that year as the moment that it took the spelling bee to a whole new level. It opened the eyes of, of, of every kid parent to the spelling bee being broadcast right next to, let's say, Michael Jordan or every other athlete. And then year after year, these kids are right there with the athletes and it grew into a prime time event. And I think it's captured the hearts of so many Americans because you're just so in awe of these kids and 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 that's what grips people year after year. And not to mention the, the competitive aspect and seeing what ESPN does year after year as just a sporting event. And all the terms that you're using there, like training and champion, I mean, they're all sports terms and the spelling bee is treated as a sport. I mean, the competitors are referred to as athletes. And for many years now, as you said, since 1994, the spelling bee has been broadcast live on TV, on ESPN. What does that mean for its popularity? I know that by putting the spelling bee on ESPN, it made a statement to say, this is a sport. Hey, more pressure on these youth doing the spelling bee maybe than the NBA finals. And it created that validity of this is a, a competition, this is a sport. And it opened the eyes to so many families that say, hey, academics can be a sport just like physical sports. Karthik Namani, your 2018 Scripps National Spelling Bee champ, as seen on ESPN. Congratulations to him. And year after year, ESPN put more resources into it. You see, like if you if you look at the early days of the spelling bee on ESPN, it's very basic, very plain. And then you get to now, I mean, the bright colors, the confetti that rains down with the winner. And this is the night, Paul Leffler, that the kids won the spelling bee. <laughs> The announcers that that are there. You've got Kevin Nagandi who's doing uh, football on the weekends, and then he does the Scripps National Spelling Bee uh, uh, once a year. You know that that ESPN anchor. So they put all of the resources that they would for a national championship game into the Scripps National Spelling Bee. So I keep coming back to validity that it says this this is a sport, and it is showcasing these children as athletes, as the the. Uh, and all the work that they put in and as the amazing competitors that they are, it is right alongside every other sport. And and for a child, I, I can only imagine how excited they are to say, hey, I'm a really good speller and I, I, I'm next to uh, Venus and Serena Williams. I'm next to LeBron. Uh, I'm next to Mike Trout. And, and that, that's got to be an amazing feeling for them. And the kind of words that these children are being asked to spell, as you've mentioned, are very obscure. When I was watching the documentary, I didn't understand half of them. And I know that a couple of years ago, the word Taoiseach, which is an Irish language term for prime minister, that came up. Taoiseach. Taoiseach. Is this an Irish prime minister? It is. Taoiseach. May I have the language? 
language of origin? It's from it's from Irish Gaelic. Taoiseach. T a o i s e a c h. Taoiseach. That is correct. Do any particularly challenging ones stand out for you? There are two challenging words that really stick out for me, and, and it's because they're part of the film. Um, I, the first one is numano. Okay, hold on. Let me just take a breath. <laughs> numano microscopic silicova caniconiosis. Um, uh, that is the longest word, and Akash Bukoti, who is one of the stars of Spelling the Dream, he spelled it. You know, he knew how to spell it at six years old. I'm 35, and I, I'm, I'm not even going to try. Ready, set, spell. P-N-E-U-M-O-N-O-U-L-T-R-A-M-I-C-R-O-S-C-O-P-I-C-S-I-L-I-C-O-V-O-L-C-A-N-O-C-O-N-I-O-S-I-S. And the other word is numo, uh, sorry, it's uh, humu humu nuku nuku apawa a, which is a Hawaiian trigger fish. And that's another one that Akash spells in the film. But it's not just Akash. It's that most of these spellers know how to spell these two words, or at least one of them, because they are some of the longest words in the dictionary. So it becomes a competition amongst the spellers to be able to say, hey, do you know how to spell the longest word in the dictionary? And if you do, it's like, it's a badge of honor. I try to think of it like, I guess uh, in a sport, like maybe in basketball, like, hey, can you like twirl the basketball on your finger? These little things that you know as, as you are deep in your sport and and you do. And, and that's what I, I, why I just love these words. And no matter how many times I've seen the film, I edited the film. I still can't spell the words. Um, if you give me like a minute, I could I could work my way through humu humu. <laughs> but um, they they are tough and, and hats off to the kids who know how to spell them. Coming up, how Indian Americans came to dominate the American spelling bee. The core of this documentary, Spelling the Dream, is the connection between the Indian American community and the spelling bee. Can you tell me about how you came across that specific relationship and how it came to be? At the time, this goes back to the fall of 2015. I was working at Business Insider and a colleague of mine, Chris Weller, who ended up becoming uh, my collaborator on the film, the producer of this film. um, He had come to me because I had just finished uh, another documentary called League of Millions, which followed um, a group of professional video game players trying to become the world champions. You can you see the parallel now. Uh, And he was like, I I love the doc that you just did for Business Insider. Uh, Do you know? what's going on at the Scripps National Spelling Bee is like, well, you know, Indian Americans have been winning year after year. I was like, oh, really? That's interesting. Why? He's like, I don't know. Um, I have some ideas, but um, I think there's something there. So we both decided, hey, let's figure this out. Like we, we, we like these kind of oddities, like these trends that are happening. And, and we saw that no one had really explored a lot about it. No one had a, a real reason yet. Um, so after some research and connecting with a number of people that were peripherally involved with the spelling bee and in, in the Indian American community, we saw that there were a number of, of points over the decades that you really could trace to their dominance in this sport. Uh, and that's what said 
there's something here. We should explore this. And given all the research that you've done into how this works and for your documentary, are there any standout moments for you in the history of the spelling bee? You know, I have to think, and, and it's, it's, it's partly because I've done this film, but I think in 1985, uh, when Balu Natarajan became the first Indian American winner of the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Milia. M-I-L-I-E-U. It was his third try at the National Spelling Bee. Third time's the charm. For him this year, no bell, no bing. He, along with other points, really set this path uh, for the Indian American community. And he really showed Indian American families that this is something that they could do. And I've been reflecting a lot about on this moment of, of this year's spelling bee, because this we could look back and this could be a moment when African American children end up dominating it for decades because it's about representation and all it takes is one person that looks like you uh, to be like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, no, that's a very important point about representation and young people looking up to the winners through the years. And this year's winner, as you mentioned, has broken the decade-long run of Indian-American victories. And that's Zaila Avant-Garde. And her win is also significant because she is the first Black American winner in the competition's 100-year history. She's the Scripps National Spelling Bee champion, and you said it first African-American. Jody Ann Maxwell from Jamaica won in 1998, but there's never been an American to represent the Black community the way that Zaila is so well tonight. Watching the video of her win was the most gorgeous thing. I mean... How important is her win moving forward, do you think? It's it's extremely important. And, and I think that gets back to representation, because I think the, the more people from uh, different backgrounds, from from different communities, from different cultures, from different states, wherever, the, the more uh, diverse group that we can have in 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 any sort of competition on a huge stage like the Scripps National Spelling Bee, uh, ESPN, whether it's another sport, I think that only makes the world a better place. I think it just it's just as simple as that. And the Spelling Bee is such a pure thing because it is children. It's they they do get prize money, they do get a trophy, but they're not major sponsors. They they. They're not doing this well into their 20s. Like they're, they're just kids. And, and after being 14 and aging out, they're going to go do something else. They're going to go go to high school. They, they're going to go maybe go to college. They're going to follow another dream. But like this is their dream right now. And it's such a pure sport. And it's not against anyone else. It's against the dictionary. So to have another winner and even that it is breaking the Indian American streak, like that's okay. The streak was going to be broken. It's it, it, it is a uh, the streak was just about a, a group of people that that found this as as their calling and 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 really grew to love this and and to create so much around them to do this year after year. And they're going the Indian Americans are going to continue to dominate it year after year. Like there is a huge infrastructure. They still love this. And if you look at the finalists, there there were a large majority of Indian Americans that did it. So it, it, it's not about that. And that's not the focal point. The focal point is that anyone can do this. And that is the beauty of the Scripps National Spelling Bee. That's the beauty of the Spelling Bee. 
it's against the dictionary. And if you dedicate yourself, if you put in the time year after year, you can be the champion just like anyone else can be the champion. And finally, what about the actual American Spelling Bee itself? What do you think the future holds for it? I think the future for the Scripps National Spelling Bee is really bright and it's as bright as it's ever been. It, it is a competition that, that welcomes every child that, that can spell their word correctly. If you can, like you have a chance of being on that stage. It's such a family event and it's such a time to acknowledge that they have put in so much to get to that stage and they might not be the winner. There's only one winner. Like the amount of kids that try this from the, from the school bees, there's only one winner. But when you're on that stage, you are a champion in your own way. You may not be the number one speller, but you really are still a champion because you have done something that not a lot of people have. That's what makes it such a magical experience for the spellers and for the viewers. Sam Riga, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. That's all for today. In the News will be back with you on Monday.